Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hey everybody, live from Chicago. Welcome. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. All things sports, medicine, fitness, and wellness. Brought to you by Global Schoolwear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger, LER, Lower Extremity Review, and MVP Parent Magazines and UK Health Radio. We've got a great doubleheader today. Andrew Culkin, he's the CEO of Culkin Global Enterprises. He's an author. And he's going to be talking about the challenges, the alcoholism challenges in and out of sports. Uh, and uh, then returning, Natalie Graves, a sports social worker. She's the owner of the Natalie Graves Athletic Counseling. Then the sports doctor's in with some Bob Guider wisdom, some emails. Andrew Culkin, welcome to the sports doctor. Hey, great, great to be here. You know, the gigantic topic in so many directions of alcoholism, addiction, in and out of sports. Um, Andrew, give us some of your background uh, in, uh, on this topic. Yeah, well, it all started really with my, my wife. I was married for 25 years, and uh, she slowly declined in, over a period of about the last two decades of her life. And eventually passed away, you know, because of alcohol. And, you know, I, I really write about the, the book. is really about her life. It's about the different stages. You know, initially, you create a habit by drinking every day, and then it becomes part of your life. And then you, you get to the point where you can't live without it, and your body becomes dependent and completely dependent on alcohol. Uh, and it's, it's, a horrible, it's a horrible way to go out. It's a horrible way to live. And I'm truly trying to help families to identify a loved one uh, before it gets out of hand and to, you know, face the denial and all the shame that goes with, you know, this, this, this that goes with this disease. And, of course, it's, uh, you know, always been gigantic in, in advertising. There's so many different situations. You know, there's not a sport around that doesn't advertise, you know, the, uh, right. the whole alcohol side of things. And it's gotten out of hand. In many instances, like uh, like you uh, write about uh, personally, but it's a gigantic business um, in the world of sports, isn't it? Well, absolutely. They they use you know athletes to advertise it. You can't get away from it. Um, you know, you go to dinner, and the first thing they ask you is, "What do you want to drink?" You know, you watch any sports any sports you know show on television, football, basketball, baseball. Most of the ads are alcohol related. You know, it's the big, it's the big uh, corporations that are pushing it. Uh, oh, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. One of my uh, past couple of times guests, um, uh, uh, Joe Churro, uh, and his Go Brewing uh, company, which is non-alcoholic beer. And again, that background of maybe some family members and some others and the attention, having an alternative to still being able to maybe watch the game, drink beer, and it maybe not have alcohol. That's also becoming a real positive, it seems, isn't it? Well, it can be a positive, but the best way that <laughs> to not have alcohol in your life is to not drink at all. You know, whether there's, you know, if the, <laughs> whether there's no alcohol in the content or not, it can lead to going back to having alcohol again. Um, I, I really just recommend just you know being abstinent, especially if you have a problem. If, if it's a problem in your life. Uh, you really got to seek. Well, it, you know, the, uh, uh, teams uh, at, at every level of sports pay big attention to the uh, potential problems. It's hard to imagine, uh, you know, uh, decades and decades ago in the old days, some of the great sports stars who might have been out drinking the night before, they would still be uh, able to perform uh, in some way, uh, shape, or form. So it's become a big part of education for coaches and or parents the interaction of families to be able to pay attention uh, to potential problems. Right. Well, you know, I think of like Babe Ruth. Babe, Babe Ruth was famous for, you know, having a 
having 20 beers before he went on the <laughs> the night before and having no sleep. But to get back to your question, yes, I mean, it's a big thing for families. Most kids start their alcoholic career between the ages of 13 and 20. So it's very important to educate high school and college-age kids on the long-term effects of the road they may be, you know, beginning. Right, being influenced by. Uh, being influenced and, by, uh, absolutely. Yes, and one way or the other. And um, how is it that Coke and Global Enterprises involved in all of this, Andrew? Well, I, I, I have a coaching program that's just coming out. It's really designed to help families identify a loved one who is struggling with alcoholism and how it affects the family. Uh, how, you know, the main thing is you got to identify it and you have to face the denial that most alcoholics have. Most people do not realize that they're caught in the grip of alcoholism. And sometimes it takes family members to call that person out. Um, and, and very few people can get through this disease on their own. It's going to take... It's going to take well, a gosh, you know, the, the, fame, the fame of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we all grew up with that that uh, right. helpful organization in so many ways. Addiction is a big topic on the sports doctor, and it's been for decades where we were talking right. about pain pills or we were talking about trying to push through this tremendous pressure of athletes to perform hurt uh, and using, again, alcohol was one of the great pain relievers, or so they thought, uh, uh, very, very uh, mistakenly. And the uh, how do people find out about your your program that's coming out? Uh, well, you can go to there's an alcoholic in the family, you know, on, on Google. Uh, you can go to Amanda, a cautionary tale of alcoholism. www dot Amanda, a cautionary tale of alcoholism. You can go right to the website and do pre-orders. It's coming out for Christmas, and then the coaching program, which is I'm I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of because it really really breaks down. You know, the, the discovery of a problem and what direction to take. There's a lot more to AA. A lot of, there's a lot more group therapies in AA now. There's, there's a lot of different programs out there for people. Some people are kind of turned off by the connotation of AA. And there's, there's a lot of other programs. Um, and we, we get into that in, in the coaching program. The main thing most people have to face is going to uh, a rehab facility. I mean, that's the first thing you have to go to if you've reached the, the, the point in your life where you're affecting everybody around you and you're, you're, you're causing havoc in your own life. you got to get to a detox, go to a rehab, and then you have to do the follow-up care, which is all the group counseling. Most alcoholics, most people don't realize alcoholism is a disease that's going to be with you your entire life, and it's something that you have to work on. Probably uh, every day or every few days, you need to go to a group counseling, uh, you know, activity. You know, I always hear about these people that have, uh, you know, they're getting a 25-year pin. They haven't had a drink in 25 years. Well, it, it's it's so true. <laughs> Once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic, and I'm always very well, proud of these the, um, uh, these these topics on the sports doctor. We talk number one about awareness. I right. think uh, there's tremendous awareness, yet there's a tremendous, the next word is education. There's a tremendous amount of education that's necessary, uh, you know, again, uh, 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 both in and out of, of sports and something like the, um, uh, the pandemic, which have multiplied all of these concerns in so many ways uh, oh. with um, cancellations of seasons and so much pressure and out of work and all of these uh, different things. So I would imagine again uh, that uh, you know being on a, a having aware of the uh, continued education, make some positive uh, decisions. That's really what you're talking about, isn't it? Yes, it's about it's about educating people on what's going on in their life. And I always say, if you, if someone believes that they have a problem. Uh, just ask the people in your life if they think it's a problem because <laughs> the people in your life may not be coming forward. But if you ask them and they'll tell you the truth, yes, you got a problem. Uh, and that's, that's the first step towards individual education. Absolutely. So back to the pandemic, you know, there, there's a 25% increase in alcohol related deaths directly related to the pandemic, alcohol sales went up by 46% in 
during the 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 COVID years between 2020 and 2023, um, which is crazy. Um, it's just because everybody was shut in. People lost their you know their jobs, their businesses, uh, and there's a lot of stress there. So alcohol sales went through the roof, uh, and we're going to be feeling that we're going to be feeling that in the next few years. Uh, the, the the aftermath of all of this is the second wave second wave of the pandemic. Well, this is why I feel that the beer industry and the alcohol and the, and the wine industry, even to come, will begin again to include some uh, uh, non-alcoholic beverages that can be able to allow all of that camaraderie and having a good time and having a place to be safe and not think that you're drinking um, alcohol. And uh, people could find out more about that if they go to gobrewing, uh, you know, dot com. But getting educated, right. how do you find, Andrew, the, um, in your experience with this, the medical profession, uh, the, um, uh, that world is doing in response to the kinds of challenges that uh, you're talking about? How are they doing? Well the, well, the medical profession is really, it's, it's, it's the rehab facilities and it's group counseling, it's therapy that just has to go on going. Luckily, most insurance companies now cover, you know, a person if they want to go to a rehab facility. Because rehab facilities can cost anywhere from 30 to, I mean, there's places in Malibu that are like 65000 for a 30-day stay. Um, it's very expensive. So luckily, yeah, that's a big deal. Medical, you know, what you just it's, mentioned it's a lot is of a very, very big oh, deal. The fact that uh, there is uh, uh, absolutely good insurance for so many different programs in, in so many different areas. And I think, of course, education in, um, in the schools, as far as, again, kids growing up, being part of youth sports teams, being in junior high school, uh, have the school systems paid attention, in your opinion, Andrew? Yeah, I think they are now, um, because you have to realize that alcohol... Bravo! Is actually, <clears throat> alcohol is actually a gateway drug. It's, I mean, it's a drug. People don't think of it as a drug, but it's the number one most abused drug in the world. And it's also a gateway to other things. I mean, obviously. Um, but the education starts in, in with sports. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to stay out of trouble if you're playing football and basketball and baseball when you're 15, 18 years old. You know? <laughs> you're better off playing sports than you are being in the wrong circle of people. But they definitely educate you in high school a lot more than they did, I think, when I was a kid. I mean, I'm 60 years old. I mean, <clears throat> no one really talked about it then as much. Well, I think now, again, that's one of the advances I find uh, that we're proud of in so many right. uh, different regard respects. Because, again, we've got to have influence early on. And, again, if there's 10 times the pressure on these kids. This is not news to any of us. Uh, the uh, the more talented that young boy or girl is, many times the more we see that we're uh, they're getting pushed mentally, uh, physically, and again, you know, alcohol being one of the uh, great uh, uh, traditional quote unquote pain relievers, or the thought that that was one of the things that could be done, let alone the mental escape uh, side of things. So the fact that right. uh, the schools would be paying attention, counseling would be um, uh, well aware. That's a good question, whether alcoholism in, in the teenage years has shot up as a result of the pandemic. I guess the answer is a big yes. Yes. Well, it, it, not just the teenagers, but it shot up across the board, uh, you know, especially with adults as well. But with teenagers, because a lot of kids were taking classes through Zoom uh, and their parents might have been working all day. Um, I know a lot of <laughs> I have a lot of personal uh, experiences with kids that weren't, you know, obviously weren't going doing to their Zoom calls and they were doing other things. So in oh, your yes, coaching program, it, in the last couple of minutes, uh, Andrew, share with right. us some of the bullet points, of signs that might uh, you would like uh, audience and or readers to really be aware of. Well, the, the first part of it is to identify that you have a problem. I talk about the four stages of alcoholism. And if you identify that you're in any one of those stages, where to go from there? Either you need an intervention with your family, you need to get into rehab, you need to do counseling. And then they break down the, the various places that you can go, what to do, 
Uh, I also talk about how the family has to deal with this. I, I really get to talk a lot about family. Family is the front line. Um, they're the ones that are going to uh, could make or break uh, an alcoholic. Uh, and if they're able to enter, intervene and to intercept the problem and to identify the problem and help the alcoholic, uh, that alcoholic has a lot better chance of survival. Um, you know, the stage four is very similar to stage four cancer. So the, the, the sooner that you're able to get somebody help in the earlier stages and identify that they have a problem, the, the much better chance they have of survival. Stage one, stage two, you know, you've got a you know, 80, 90, 90% chance of survival rate. Stage four, if you're completely addicted to alcohol, it's like cancer. You've got about a 5% chance of surviving. You're, you're not going to make it if you know, you've been drinking for 15 or 20 years. I think it's Every uh, it's yeah it's shocking uh but it's it's not surprising again that's why education is such a big deal at all the different levels when we're talking about the um high high level of stress in uh, everything we do more information about the course or the upcoming book Andrew quickly what's the best place Yeah go, go to www.amandaacautionarytale.com you can go to uh, there's an alcoholic in the family dot com for the coaching course. Terrific. You can find me on Facebook. The Facebook group is Amanda a cautionary tale. Join our Facebook group. Great, Andrew Culkin, the CEO, great uh, global enterprise. Hold on, Andrew. We'll be right back, everybody. Support doctor. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. Goal of the book? Give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it can be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kids. Uh, What are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors In, yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics. Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parent's perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. everybody, Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey, everybody, live from Chicago. We are back. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. I want to welcome back 
numerous uh, past guests. Natalie Graves, uh, a sports social worker. She's the owner of the uh, Natalie Graves Athletic Counseling. Natalie, welcome back to the Sports Doctor. Thank you, thank you, Doctor Bob. I, I can even I can even give you a new title. I think this is the last time I've been here. I'm now an author, um, so I'm the author of the workbook, the athlete's prep book. So I can add that to to my title. I, excellent. I think the, um, the numerous times we've had you on the show, and when we've uh, talked about your background and the whole relationship of the uh, sports families the challenges of the youth sports and the counseling side of things, social worker side. So the, um, uh, the program that looked very exciting. Natalie, give us some background on you and your world. Yeah, for sure. So I, I have a private practice. Uh, I'm based in Chicago, and I specialize in working with athletes' um, mental wellness and performance. And the athletes that I see regularly in my practice are um, athletes that participate in youth sports, um, high school athletes, college athletes, in addition to Olympic hopefuls and professionals. And I even work with um, retired athletes, and and, uh, that would also include working with some of the athletic departments in, in my area. And I'm also a clinician with the uh, NFL PA. You know, we, we talked again numerous times about the, and the reason, reason I co-authored the book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, was the epidemic, in capital letters, of youth sports overuse injuries, both physically and mentally, and yeah. the tremendous pressure and the uh, uh, problems that some of these uh, kids have, the relationships, again, with their coaches, the whole uh, family dynamics. Uh, so the idea of dealing with, you know, the two things that are, that are so important, preventing problems and then uh, en- enhancing uh, performance. You want to be two steps quicker, strengthen your feet and ankles, right, Natalie? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's exactly right. And when you, when you mention about, about the pressure, you know, it's also dealing with social media, and and the stresses that go along with being big competitive, topic. big, big topics. That whole world, uh, which sometimes, let alone the paid athlete side coming out of high school, and uh, right. let alone the retired athlete who's dealing yeah. with those kinds of challenges. So you know the uh, uh, tremendous variety of individuals. You know, again, all of this stuff. Many times on the sports, Dr. Natalie, we, we call it the mental game. And mm-hmm. Again, this whole, whether you're the best athlete in the world or their grandmother, uh, how are you doing in the world of the sports parents? <laughs> we always ask that. That's, that's, that's really true. You know, the, the research shows that with over-involved parents, it actually can really put an undue burden on youth athletes and a lot of a lot of young athletes before the age of 16 are leaving their sport directly related to the stress and pressure from their parents you know so it's it's something that we really have to pay attention to when when athletes start feeling like it's no longer fun it's a job or it's just overtaking their entire life. They don't have a balance. And so these are the things we have to look out for because that type of pressure day in and day out can really put athletes at risk for mental health problems. Not only that, but then they start dealing with over-the-counter pain medicine because they're trying to stay in the game because of the overuse, too much scheduling, overdoing it. I don't want to be left out. Uh, A whole other big side of uh, the, the potential problems you know, Dr. Wilder, don't you understand if she's not taking two Advil twice a day, her ankles are killing her. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, That's exactly right. Big time. So, you know, the, those uh, kinds of pressures uh, that you had talked about, and I guess, again, family dynamics is in the middle mm-hmm. of everything you're doing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's really important. It's nothing wrong with, with youth 
you know, young kids participating in sports. That it's, there's so many positives. Yes, there's a um, lot of upsides. It's, it's tons of them. But what we do have to be mindful of is some of the negatives that can be a byproduct. You know, the peer pressure, the um, um, fear of, of failing, right? You know, feeling like you're going to let somebody down, those kind of things where it just becomes, this this uh, dread and it, and it's just become a, a responsibility and instead of something fun to do. That's when we have to take a step back and say, you know, how is their sports involvement infecting them? Is it is it impacting them in a negative way or is it enhancing them? And if it's becoming more and more negative, we may have to rethink how we're interacting. We may have to rethink how we're approaching the sport. Maybe, I you think know, we're making a lot of progress, over. yes. You know, Natalie, I think yeah. you and what you do, I, I do feel there's been tremendous attention to uh, the, um, the kids' side of the equation uh, and the whole idea, whether it's the ranting, raving parent on the left, whether it's the overzealous, uh, crazy coach on the right, whether it's, again, the, the pressure uh, the more talented the young boy or girl is, the more sometimes we run into these kinds of uh, potential pressures, tremendous upsides. And the, um, uh, you have scholarship pressure uh, dealing all That's the time right. with a lot of the kids you might be seeing, don't you? I do. So the junior, the high school year, the junior year, the year, what I call it is the year of recruitment. And what I see um, quite a bit is that athletes will actually regress and have performance problems. Um, and it's because of the fear of not achieving the goals. I have even seen after an, a junior, um, a high school student um, has committed, where they, they've, they've committed to a school, they, they've gotten their scholarship, they, they've made their acceptance, and even after that, their performance during their season dropped. And so um, a lot of work that I do with high school athletes is really help them to navigate how they're feeling and what they're thinking about during the recruitment process, trying not to connect their season with their scholarship to really help them to just focus on doing what they always do well, but also dealing with that pressure because there's a, there's a, there's a huge amount of fear and there's a lot of unknown. And then they're seeing you know, an athlete over here who's, who's um, declared or committed. And then, you know, someone over here, they're going to this D1 school and, and maybe they haven't gotten an offer yet and they're still expected to play. So there's a lot of dynamics that are at play during the D junior year. And so what I really want to encourage parents, when you're having that, that high school athlete and they're going through this process, make sure you're checking in with them to see how they're feeling internally. Or if you notice the performance is dipping, do a check-in and see what's going on. Just don't assume that everything is going to be okay. There may be a lot going on that you don't know about. And you asking know, late, questions can do yeah, wonders. The, the, yes, being a good listener, the late great sports psychologist who shared my radio show, gosh, in the 90s, Dr. Jim Vickery, he had these bullet points for sports parents, and he said, number one, don't be a mm -hmm. critic. <laughs> yeah. And then he yeah. said, Num number two, be a good listener, which is exactly what you're saying, the idea that uh, the parents need to be at least uh, asking these questions and paying attention uh, as to whether or not they're even feeling good physically. Uh, That's right. This is a, That's right. a big problem. Again, the, the higher the level the kid is, and we're even talking about like um, uh, these ages, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. We're seeing figure skaters, gymnasts, others. You know, mm -hmm. what ages do you pay attention to? All so ages. I start all ages. I so my youngest client right now is around ten, ten years old, uh, eleven years old. Um, and so we're when you're talking about pain and injury. A lot of people don't realize this, but there is a connection with chronic pain and a, and a risk for clinical depression. So when, when I have athletes who have been injured or they're um, complaining of pain, I pay attention to that. 
And I actually, even in my book, the athlete's prep book, I even put in there an image of a body. Each week, the athlete can kind of check and monitor how they're feeling and kind of document that because it has a it has an effect physically, but it also has an impact mentally. So that's something I definitely look at at all ages. And I also look at what type of sport. The more physical the sport, the more risk of injury. And so I look at things as like that as well. And the the cooperation of the uh, the the um, coaching side of things mm-hmm. and on the the medical side of things seem to really be more and more aware all the time of how important. Uh, these connections are, and I think that, uh, and again, the idea of uh, adding the social worker side of things, where you're so involved with the parents and the pa- yeah. families, etc., it's just, it's a great, makes so much sense uh, to the uh, various, it's good to see the schools are paying more and more attention, uh, but there's still a, a, a good way to go to make this routinely pay big attention to, isn't it? I, I will tell you, you know, even even from the first time I've been on your show until now, it has been a great change in coaches, athletic directors, other stakeholders within the sports community that are reaching out to me, asking me, you know, can you come to our school? Can you work with our athletic department? Can you talk to our parents? Can you do something with our teams? and connecting the performance and the mental health and the mental wellness. I would say five, six years ago, Dr. Bob, I had to convince programs that this was a need. Today, they're calling on their own. And so that shows the progress. And so I'm very encouraged. And you know know where that comes from. When we have professional athletes to speak publicly about their struggles, it normalizes for the entire sport at all levels. And so now when professionals talk about it, then college athletes are comfortable talking about it, high school, and it goes on and on. And when we start treating mental health like physical health, you know we're doing the right thing. Oh, you know, you had Simone Viles, who's as big a story right. right now as it was then. She came out uh, and talked about the mental challenges she was having when she was backing out of the Olympics. That's right. A, a, an incredible story. And the, and, and not only that, but the continued success coming back as successfully, she brought it into the tremendous, tremendous spotlight, the idea yeah. that, um, uh, that uh, they could be the biggest athletes in the world dealing with these mental challenges to get off the stigma side of it, right? That's exactly right. And I'll tell you, during that time, I was working with a college athlete, and when Simone Biles made her announcement, he came into his his session with me, and we examined and explored how he could take a break. Yes, we're going to be right back. Natalie Graves, we want to to talk about that again. We're going to be right back with you with the sports doctor. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review Magazine, one of Sports Doctor's key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention, I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctor is In article in each issue. Go to MVPParent.com, MVPParent.com. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is a well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited 
about wearing, go to the website, globalschoolwear.com. Globalschoolwear.com. We are back. It's the Sports Doctor. We're talking with Natalie Graves, the sports social worker, the owner of uh, Natalie Graves Athletic Counseling. And we were just talking about the mental side that Simone Biles, um, the great swimmer who talks all about all of his uh, 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 trials and tribulations mentally, Michael Phelps, and the fact that there's such great attention being paid with this. And uh, you make such a big deal. Talk about some of the bullet points that you're paying attention to, Natalie, in, in your particular program about all of this. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that I really want athletes to pay attention to is their preparation mentally before their season. So, so in my book, The Athlete's Prep Book, we start out, with doing some answers and questions about where is your motivation? How are you feeling physically? How are you feeling mentally and internally? You know, what do you want to build upon from, from last season, right? And so we start out with that beginning premise, and then we build out to goal setting. And that's a big bullet point for me. This is something I do with my athletes in my sessions, and I also put it in the book. About set. So I believe in setting goals for practice, setting goals for games, and setting goals for the season. And so there's a mental, mental type of focus, a particular type of focus when you start off setting goals. And that goes into how you perform, that goes into how you approach your sport, and it also allows you to hold yourself accountable. And also in the book, I give techniques. So there's there are performance enhancement technique, techniques in there. There's deep breathing. There's affirmations. I talk about self-talk. But you also get a mental wellness part of it, really helping the athlete understand how do they take care of their mental wellness. Natalie, and what's so the was, website people can find out about the, uh, the book? What's the best site? The best site is prepbook.info, prepbook.info. And um, um, I'm very, very proud of the book. It's been really real, well received. I have teams buying it. It's a journal, it's a workbook, and it's a resource guide. And it's made for athletes during their season. And, and this, is, this is something that is not a heavy read. It's really to keep the athlete accountable with their performance and their mental wellness. And do, you, and, and do you still, I remember initially, Natalie, you paid such attention to the underprivileged side of challenges in the whole youth sports world. And we're working with these families and these school systems, et cetera, uh, yeah. often, uh, and then moving gradually into the area of the highest of performance uh, yeah. and being able yeah. to write and cooperate both of those particular uh, areas. I always thought it was a great marriage to the social worker side of things. Well, I always thought it was a big deal when we were first on the show together, gosh, whatever it is, five, six, seven years ago, talking about right, paying right. attention to what you do. And and that's really important, you know, just to give the, the audience um, the understanding, the difference between a sports psychologist and a sports social worker. The sports psychologist focuses on performance, and, and that's their, their sole goal. With sports social workers, we look at the entire person. So I do performance work, but I also look at the individual, where they are in their sport, where they are in their, their community, their family dynamics. I also oh, I look at more the complete. Yeah, it's much exactly. It's, it's much more complete a program. The again, the sports psychology, you know, twenty five years ago, medicine didn't know how to spell the term sports psychology. Uh, now <laughs> it's a tremendous, tremendous big deal, and it needs to include. I always felt again the social worker side of it, all of these yeah, different yeah. challenges and relationships, um, and the. Um, uh, understanding that, uh, that there are tremendous life skills involved and that, uh, that, that that's right. Right. So you're an educator. That, 
That that's exactly, and we call it psychoeducation. Really explaining. I mean, because an athlete is not just an athlete, right? Like Dr. Bob, you're not just a doctor. You're not just a radio host. You're much more than that. And so it's my responsibility. I feel working with these athletes is to see them for them their entire selves, the holistic view of them. And when you're able to do that, then you can address everything, whether it's issues within the sport or issues outside of the sport. It's all connected. And that's and, why know, I think fact, it has a really Natalie, great impact. The, um, today it seems there's a, a nice acceptance of the spirituality side of this yes. sports medicine area. Uh, not yes. the organized religion side. That's a hassle, as always. But the spirituality side, uh, the, uh, the oneness side of, again, high performance and uh, of uh, uh, the whole mental game uh, is, is become uh, better accepted, I feel. What do you think? I, I think you're right. And, and there's even a component that I, I put in my book about meditation you know, kind of quieting the mind and getting in touch with self and, and really, and I, and I encourage my athletes to get in touch with their higher power. How much attention do you pay, Natalie, how much attention do you continue to pay to rest and recovery, which I think is such a big deal? That is a great question. Um, In, in my book, the athletes prep book, I have a checklist. And, and weekly, they should be checking off, you know, did I take my vitamins? You know, did I go to practice? How's my motivation? And, and two, two aspects are in that checklist is how much sleep, but what is different is how much rest. I have to educate athletes oftentimes. It's one thing to get eight, nine, nine hours of sleep. That's great. But do you have a rest day from your training? It's different. And I have to really explain that when you do not provide yourself with a rest day, you actually put yourself at risk of injury. And so just like where the mind has to rest, the body has to rest as well. So I definitely focus on that. And I have to do check-ins regularly with my athletes because a lot of them, quite honestly, they don't want to take a break. But it's not. No, more is better. We, We live in the middle still. That's right. Big time. That more is better. Overkill has always been a word. We've talked about it for decades on the sports doctor. This was already an inherent problem, uh, whether it was a traveling team, a club team, where we had these young athletes uh, doing the uh, activity so uh, uh, intensely that we would run into all of these different problems uh, regarding, uh, you know, whether they were good teammates or whether they were always injured or whether there was a ranting, raving parent on the sidelines and the idea of um, continuing the education. Natalie, quickly again, I knew the time would fly with you. Um, give me again <laughs> the best sites for people to find out about uh, what you do in your book, uh, your program. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to, to get the athlete's prep book, please go to prep, prepbook.info. All the information is there. And to reach out to me directly, I'm on all the socials. If you want to do email, it's info at naturallygraves.com. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm on all the places. Just Google yes, me and find Natalie Graves. Thank you so much. Hold on, Natalie. We'll be right back, everybody. All right. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. When you vacation with Norwegian Cruise Line, every day is a new day. Get a taste for Barcelona, then savor incredible dining options back on board one day. Connect to ancient history in Athens and then disconnect completely in our spa another day. Wherever the sea breeze takes you, come aboard and experience a different tomorrow with NCL. Visit ncl.com, call your travel agent, or call 0333-336-1472. Norwegian Cruise Line, Ships Registry, the Bahamas and USA. Apples and pears, beef and skittles, cider with Rosie, common or garden, ant and deck, fish and chips, mum and dad, 
UK Health Radio and Health Triangle magazine. Each is good by itself, but enjoying both is always better. Add Health Triangle magazine to your monthly health regime. Check it out at UKHealthRadio.com. A cancer diagnosis can be scary and stressful for everyone involved. Hello Love is a contemporary living space and well-being center in central London where anyone can come and learn about illness prevention and non-toxic practice. Inside, you will find a vegan restaurant, juice bar, and holistic dojo that encourage lifestyle changes to help heal mind, body, and spirit connection. Cancer patients are offered free sessions. To find out more, please visit us at hellolove.org. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. Hey, everybody, we're back. It is the Sports Doctor is in segment where we preview some upcoming guests and show topics. We add a little uh, Bob Guida, uh, late great sports therapist, wisdom, answer a few emails. Great guests coming up over the next few weeks. Um, former Australian rock star, Michelle Blood. She's now a affirmation, motivational um, songwriter and singer. Uh, fantastic stuff she's doing. Then our uh, longtime friend, Rich Dubin, the publisher of um, our supporters, Lower Extremity Review Magazine and MVP uh, Parent uh, Magazine. So it's always great to have uh, Rich back. They're doing a lot of exciting things with their uh, seminars following week we're going to have it some um, thanksgiving week so we're going to repeat a popular show uh where um, a fellow teammate national fitness hall of fame colleague greg justice uh the creator of um publishing company and elaine lane a champion in women's fitness uh widow with the great jack lane uh they're 12 15 21 show when they were talking about their collaboration of their upcoming book, Pride and Discipline, uh, which has exploded on the scene over these past year and a half, whatever it is. Um, uh, the life and legend of the great Jack Lane. So we're going to replay that on the 22nd. You know, Bob Guida, the guy uh, loved rubber band resistance and action exercise. And I remember when we were first very active at Sports Fitness Institute, and he was looking around with rubber companies. I think Goodyear, they were, in order to make a particular tension type resistant band, going back to the, again what the, the great Jack Lane was using, and uh, the uh, versatility of rubber bands. Whether we were talking about young kids as superstars or rehabbing grandmothers. It was a very, very safe way to add different types of resistance, um, uh, really foot and ankle, lower extremity, shoulders, upper body, uh, very, very versatile, um, and creating a new different uh, uh, a, a free weights-like dimension of stability throughout the range of motion, whether explosive, whether someone was doing a lunging or movement with rubber band resistance, or they were doing slow, easy range of motion and the rubber band demanding all of that stability. So again, Bob helped, again, the late, great Jack Mullane um, moving forward uh, with the legend of rubber band resistance in the world of uh, exercise. Some emails. Sal says, you talk about the prodigy sports in your book. Yes, Sal, I do. Hashtag a sports parents. Um, a part of my part of the program, the sports doctors in, I do have a chapter called the prodigy sports. There are sports, think gymnastics or figure skating ballet, where this 10, 11, 12 year old already is specializing. 
this is all she or he wants to do. And the challenge of knowing that we want them to play different sports so they could use different parts of the body, not be overusing the same things again and again and again, repetitive motion problems. Uh, Yet, we um, want to include that uh, we understand there is this group. It now includes tennis, swimming, volleyball, soccer, almost all the individual uh, and team sports where we have very early specialization, whether we like it or not. So we want to pay attention, understanding that we're aware there is this group, and we want to stop fighting them and allow this boy or girl to allow them to do what they want to do. I have 10-year-olds, a group of them. They're all double jumpers and competitors in figure skating. And they, this is what they do five, six days a week. This is what they love to do. And we need to work with physical therapy, other sports medicine physicians to adequately have a program to try to prevent problems uh, with these kids. And I had on the uh, numerous times the team physician of the New York Yankees, um, Dr. Chris Ahmad. He'd say, you know, Dr. Bob, I, I, I'm doing maybe almost half my Tommy John surgery on teenagers. And we were like, what? You know, the elbow surgery already from overthrowing, from overpitching, again, overthrowing. Um, and the fact that we're seeing this that early. And uh, the great Lou Vickery, who uh, pitched for the Yankees in the 60s, his pitching coach was Whitey Ford. He had a show called Lou in the Morning. I was on once a month for about three years. He's doing it again. I'm going to be on next month, uh, where he would be talking about he was down in the panhandle. So he saw year-round youth pitching and the overuse and the shoulder problems and the elbow problems and uh, the fact that, again, we were dealing with these kinds of um, uh, challenges. So we need to pay attention and to many times uh, make sure we're surrounding these kids with some smart uh, sports medicine. And it's big time. It involves podiatry. What's the best shoe? Strengthening those feet and ankles, the role of orthotics. Mary said, I'm 35 years old. I love pickleball. I've been playing, gosh, almost a year um, I'm dealing with this neuroma. What's Morton's neuroma? Neuroma, Mary, is a thickening, a getting in the way of a nerve that runs usually between the third and fourth toes uh, of our feet. There's a particular connection between the third and fourth toes, and it is susceptible. Not that it's not never in the other interspaces between the toes, like the second interspace between the first and second toe, but very commonly Morton's neuroma was that third inner space, numbness, tingling, shooting pains could be involved. So we want to make sure uh, that we are paying attention to getting a diagnosis, and then we can look at conservative measures, whether it's injections, the use of orthotics to uh, prevent uh, problems. Quickly, Perry says, my talented 11-year-old figure skater, she's got no problems. Should she look at orthotics? Yes, Perry. My experience has been over the decades that everything about figure skating, edging, jumping, balance, improves. So take a serious look at proper custom orthotics, absolutely. See you next week, everybody. Thank you.